But what I wanted to talk about was times when life gets hard. You know, just thinking, it was thinking of water that made me think of this. I was away on holiday a few weeks ago, and uh, I was brown. It's gone already. Um, but I was swimming in the sea. Well, I wouldn't call it swimming. <laughs> Bobbing in the sea. I'm kind of built to bob rather than, you know. <laughs> that was too much laughter. <clears throat> And you can be sort of bobbing away and up and down gently in the waves. And it's, you know, it's really pleasant just looking up at the sun and up and down. But then every now and again comes a bigger wave. And this one has the audacity to start breaking before it even gets to you. And you suddenly find yourself not bobbing anymore. You find yourself spluttering, sinking, and wondering which way up is. And you know, life can get like that sometimes. Where things are going along fine, bobbing along, enjoying life. And then out of nowhere, you get a bunch of waves that just knock you for six. And you feel like you're sinking against it all. You know those times where you just don't know how you're going to keep your head above water. Well, the disciples of Jesus, his, his close followers, had one of their, those moments in their lives. But for them, it wasn't figurative waves. It was actual, real waves. I'm going to read from Matthew 8, verses 33, no, 23. Thank you, 23 to 27. And when he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him. So let me just give you a little bit of backstory before that happens. The disciples have been called by Jesus, but at this point, they've not been following him for very long. They've seen him heal people. They've seen people come from far and wide to see him and hear him. They've heard his teaching. They've heard the Sermon on the Mount at this point, you know, the manifesto that Jesus starts with. But all of this is still very early on. And here they are crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat. Now, this sea, I don't know if anyone's ever been to Galilee. Lovely place. But this sea is, it often has storms that come out of nowhere. And when they do come, they come intensely. If you're the sort of person who finds this thing interesting, which I am, <laughs> you might find this bit interesting. Why is this sea or this lake so dangerous in a storm? Well, the area around the Galilee is quite hilly, mountainous, all of the way around it. On the east, the hills are 2,000 feet high. But the lake or the sea itself is 680 feet below sea level. It's actually the lowest freshwater lake on earth 
It's not as low as the Dead Sea, but it's low. And what that means is this. In the hills, there's cool, dry air. But at lake level, it's hot and humid. So it means that the winds can suddenly just drop from the hills. And when it does, it goes for it. I mean, it absolutely goes for it, and it happens fast. The sea's also quite shallow. It's just 200 feet deep at its deepest point, which means when the winds come across it, the waves whip right up. See, in a deep lake, that gets absorbed. In a shallow lake, it doesn't. And these guys all used to fish on this sea regularly. So they knew a bad storm when they saw one. And these guys, who'd fished on this sea their whole lives, were afraid. That's how bad the storm was. They thought they were going to die. And it says here, right in that text that we read, the boat was being swamped by the waves. In other words, that boat was going down. There was water getting in it. So this wasn't an imagined danger. This was a very real danger. And they shout out, Lord, save us, for we are perishing. But you see, as they worried that day, they forgot something. They forgot who was in the boat with them. They do turn to him and they ask for help. But they forgot that if Jesus is in the boat, the boat isn't going to sink. If Jesus is in it, it's not going down. And they turn to ask him for help. Even though they didn't need to ask him for help. What they needed was to trust the one who was in the boat with them. When he says they have little faith, he's asking them, where's the trust? They were panicking. Why are you panicking? Why are you so fearful? I'm in the boat with you. And he's saying, where's the trust? See, faith and trust, they are so intertwined together. If they'd have remembered who he was at that moment, they'd have known that boat would never sink. Because he is the one who the, sort, the storm is subject to. Psalm 89, verses 8 and 9 says, O God of hosts, who is as mighty as you, O Lord, with all your faithfulness all around you? You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. God was in their boat. The one who rules the sea. And when the waves rise, he is the one who stills them. I wonder this morning, what is the storm that you are dealing with in your life at the moment? What are the waves that are threatening to bring you down? And I wonder, is Jesus in your boat because if Jesus is in your boat you need to take your eyes off the storm and put your eyes on Jesus 
Because despite the storm, despite the noise, despite the waves, the safest place they could have been that night was on that boat. The question is this morning, is Jesus in your boat? Is the one who calms the storm in your life? Because that's the only way he's going to be involved in it. If he isn't, if you don't have that certainty that Jesus is in the boat of my life, let me tell you this morning, you can have that. Now, look, you might think it's a bit of a stretch to compare the storms of life with the storms of the sea. I mean, am I, am I just like stretching a metaphor a little bit thin there? Well, no, I don't believe I am because there's a psalm that does exactly the same thing as what I'm doing. Psalm 65, verses 6 to 8. The one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the people. The roaring of the waves and the tumult of the people. So the Bible itself makes that same comparison. The Bible compares the storms in life to the storms of the ocean and says that God calms those both. God can still the waves and he can still our minds. He can still our souls. He can take the troubled waters that you find yourself in and he can say, Cease. Be quiet. Jesus can turn the storm off. So no, I don't believe it is a stretch because the Bible does it. This means when the waves in your life are high, when the troubles of life threaten to overwhelm you, if Jesus is in your boat, you can always turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, help Help. Yet when they do that, Jesus says, where's your faith? <laughs> he questions their trust. But then do you know what he does right after that? He calms the waves. He commands the storm to stop, and it does. They ask for help, and he helps. For those of you who have Jesus in your boat... That's how we handle storms. There's two right ways to react in a storm and one wrong way. First, trust and know Jesus has got it. He's got it. Weather the storm, let the waves hit you, and think it's okay. Jesus has got it. Jesus will get me through it. I trust him. That's one way. The other right way is actually saying out of fear, Jesus, help. Help. It's a sh I tell you what, help is a short prayer, but it's one of the best prayers. There's been plenty of times in my life, all I've been able to pray is, Jesus, help. When it gets too much, that's okay. Jesus reacts to asking for help, and he does help. You know, when he wakes up, he says, where's your faith? But then he stops the storm. Because it's still faith to say Jesus is bigger than my problem. The, the wrong, 
think I'd have false teeth. The wrong way to react to this is like this. Oh, Jesus, what are you playing at? What are you doing? This isn't fair, Jesus. I give in. This is too much. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with you now. How are you letting this happen? That's the reaction of somebody who has forgotten who's in the boat with them. But for those of us for whom Jesus is not in the boat, Jesus is not part of your life, what do you do in a storm? Well, this morning you could invite Jesus into your boat. Are you weighed down this morning? Are you weary? Are you finding this life sometimes is just, just too hard? Well, did you know Jesus has already invited you to come with him? In Matthew 11, verses 27 to 29, Jesus says this. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the, the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus then says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you're feeling heavy burdened, if you're feeling like life is too much, Jesus has invited you to come to him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest for your soul. Jesus came to help you with your heavy burdens, most of which, if we were honest, <laughs> we brought on ourselves, our own mistakes. Jesus came to lift them from you. He is gentle, and in Jesus you will find rest for your souls. And I know sometimes that's all we want. It's just that peace, that rest. Peace in your storm. Peace in your mind. But above all of those things, more important than those, peace between you and God. Let me tell you, none of those other levels of peace mean anything in comparison to that. See, the problem is, is our connection with God has become broken. When Jesus made us, each one of us, he made a plan for our lives. And the problem is each one of us kind of went our own way. We turned away from his plans. We did what we wanted to do. We put ourselves first. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning <clears throat> who's never put themselves first. Never hurt another person by what you've done. Never taken the selfish decision and failed to do the good thing. Listen, we were all in that boat. Mm, let's not say boat. It's going to confuse metaphors. 
we're all in that situation. We're all guilty of it. And the Bible calls it sin. You know, sometimes when you hear Christians talk about sin, you're kind of like, are you getting at me? (laughs) Are you judging me? No, that's not what's happening at all. Because we understand it's a condition we all have. We all have. It's a condition none of us could cure. I could never fix the distance between me and God. Can't do it. So Jesus came. And Jesus fixed it for us. Jesus took all of our mistakes, all of our sin, all of our wrong decisions. He took them on himself and he died for us so that we could have that connection with God restored again and we could live a life in connection with him. Let me tell you, that is the greatest storm any single one of us will ever face. And Jesus came to calm those waves. For those getting baptized today, they've made that peace with God. Not by anything they achieved, but by saying yes to Jesus. They just said yes to the invitation. Let me tell you, nothing will ever be the same for them again. This morning, that invitation is open to all of you. Come to me, Jesus said, all who labor and are heavy laden. I wonder this morning, are you one of those who is weary? That invitation's open to you this morning. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And I'll be honest with you, it's that simple. It's that simple. You know, we overcomplicate things a lot in life. But we believe and we confess that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. See, when you believe Jesus is Lord, you believe Jesus is the boss. He's in charge. And you come under his authority, but you also come under his power to save you. You can have peace with God. You can have peace of mind. And you can have peace in the middle of any storm that life's thrown at you doesn't mean storms aren't going to come. I mean, you speak to anyone here today who's been following Jesus, and I tell you, they've, they've faced some storms. But we've known through all of them that there's peace in it, and we will get through.
but more than just the stuff that comes up in life. When you confess Jesus as Lord, you have peace for all eternity and life that will never end. Would it be okay if I just ask us to pray for a moment? Father God, I just thank you that, Lord, the storms are subject to you. And I just want to pray for two sets of people in this place this morning. First, those who already have you in their boat, those who follow you, who are facing storms in their life right now. Lord, I pray, help us to face them with faith to trust in you Jesus and to keep our eyes on you and Lord I pray Lord for those particular storms I feel like they're threatening to sink people's lives that Lord you'll still the waves you'll calm the seas and that the wind will die down Lord, I pray for those who don't know you this morning. Those who maybe feel weary and heavy laden. That, Lord, you'll speak to them this morning. Show them who you are. And, Lord, I pray that, Lord, when you step into their boat, that their lives will never be the same again. Amen. Okay, we're going to first start with Ruth. We're going to start with Ruth. Do you want to come up, Ruth? While Ruth's on her way up, I'm just going to try something out. Hold on one second. Oh, I'll, I'll do it after. I'm very nervous, so just bear with me. Um, thank you, everyone, for coming. This is a very special day for me. I hope you feel blessed in some way by this service. God has been with me every step of my life, even when I turn my back on him. He has given me a peace I've never felt before. I still have difficult times, but he sees me through and has helped me to make some very important decisions throughout my life with my, without me already, always realising it. I would especially like to thank my church family, who are very special people, and give me lots of support and encouragement. Ross, Bob, Glennis, Glenn, Sandra, Malcolm, Denise, Mary, Athena, Jean, Doreen and Linda, and many, many more. You are only a stranger once in this church. The funeral of my cousin Francis and listening to Pastor Cliff drew me back and I knew this is where I belong and where God wants me to be. I'm so pleased my family are here today. It means everything to me. They've been with me through some very difficult times 
and they're always there when I need them. I also have a close group of friends, Sarah, Anne, Sheila, and Cass. They're all very supportive. My mum has prayed for me all of my life and brought both my sister, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren up with God's Christian, good Christian teaching and lots of love when we were growing up. There's a verse in the Bible, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. When your children begin to walk, plant God's word deep in their hearts. That doesn't guarantee they won't go astray. We all get it wrong before we get it right. Do your part faithfully, and God will draw them back because he loves each and every one of you. And so, as I get baptized today, I want to give God the glory and thanks, for he is good. Okay, Ruth, do you want to head on, head on over? Straight in, straight in. Right, let's see if that works there, Sean. Yeah, that's probably the best I can get that. Okay, um, Pastor Chris, do you want to come up? Sorry, guys. Other way around. Other way around. That's it. That's the front. You can come, come forward a bit as well, if you want. There we go, just to save your head. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Pastor Chris has a, uh, a Bible verse for you uh, to speak over you before you get baptized. Amen. When people go through the waters, we often pray for them as a leadership because it's, we know it's a big commitment. And so we, we seek the Lord for a scripture for them, not, not particularly for today, but that they might take forward on their walk and the Lord will bring it to fruition in its time. So Ruth, Isaiah 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God bless you. Okay, um, Roz is going to pray uh, for Ruth. Lord, we thank you for the precious gift of baptism that we can be publicly declare our love and passion for you. Lord, I ask for your goodness and blessings to be poured out on your faithful servant, Ruth. We pray that you would work deeply within her heart and soul to renew and refresh her each day. Come guide her footsteps. Give her a hope and a vision for the future. Today the past is gone. She stands free and whole, loved and forgiven within the kingdom of God. Father, cover and protect her now and circle her with your promises and fill her heart with joy. May this day be one she cherishes and remembers forever. Amen. Amen.
Bless God. Okay. Next. Hmm. I think Amy and George, do you want to come up together? I think that'd be nice if you came up together. Now, I don't, have you prepared anything? Or you have? Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, in that case, I'm going to hand the mic to you and then get out of the way. Hi, everyone. I'm a little bit nervous. So, Hi, brothers and sisters in Christ. My name is Amy, and I have been a believer for almost seven years now. I couldn't share my testimony without telling you about one of the greatest men other than Jesus I have ever known. His name is Mark Owens, and he was my best friend of 26 years and partner of nine years. When Mark and myself finally began our relationship, I was aware of Mark's faith, but struggled to understand why he believed what he believed. He would often tell me of how in difficult times, the Lord would always come through for him. And he planted the seed of curiosity inside of me. So I began to search for myself and really learn all I could about the scriptures and the love and promises of the Father. And that seed grew into a hunger. And after a few months with Mark by my side, I gave my life to Jesus. And I can always remember Mark said to me, no matter what happens, Amy, or what you go through or face, God will never leave you. That statement Mark said to me that day was the first thing that entered my mind when suddenly and unexpectedly, Mark collapsed and passed away at our home on February the 15th, which left myself and all of his family broken and shocked. The months since Mark's passing has been the hardest time of my life, but my faith has carried me through. I owe Mark for so many things he taught me, but the greatest thing he did was helping to save my soul in leading me to Jesus. And even though I miss Mark every minute each day, and it's tough, he helped me come to realise that this world and life is but a moment, and what really matters is eternity. And I know now, thanks to God's free gift of eternal life, through his son, Jesus Christ, and his suffering on the cross, I will be reunited with Mark again forever. Praise yeah. Jesus. Hello, I'm Joe, and today I'm going to tell you why I want to be baptised in the name of Jesus. It all started at the age of six when my mother and father split up. It was all right at first. Then my father changed when he met another woman. He got angry at me for no reason, but I was the youngest. This grew and grew, telling me I'm going to ruin my own life and going to be nobody. Then it got into physical violence. This made me depressed as I wasn't allowed to see or speak to my mother and that I felt worthless every minute. Then I turned to God in the darkest moments of suicidal thoughts and prayed for him for his help, as I thought he could be the only one that could help me in these dark times. And he answered by giving me the courage and confidence to do it myself, and I did. 
I walked out of the house in March and never looked back, where I met my nana and granddad and mother, and she introduced me into Christianity by giving me the, the New Testament to read and brought me to this church last Sunday for the first time, where Pastor Clift helped me accept Jesus into my life as my Lord and Saviour, and now I want to be washed of all my sins and live my life live my life with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, guiding me to the right direction to happiness and peace. Okay, so, Amy, let's, let's go first, Amy. And uh, Pastor Chris has a passage for you. As you set out on this journey, uh, I have a scripture for you from Psalm 62, verse 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be forsaken. Amen. Bless God. And Pastor Cliff is going to pray for Amy, but I'll hold the microphone for you. Father, we thank you for changed lives. We thank you for the miracle of your salvation. And we pray, Lord, that you will keep your hand upon Amy. Lord, you've had your hand upon her for a long time. In fact, even before she was born, you knew all about her. And you knew that when the call came, she would answer that call. We thank you that, Lord, many people are called. But, Lord, only those who respond to that call are chosen. We thank you, Lord, that Amy responded when the call came and received you as her Lord and Saviour. And we pray today, Lord, that you will help her and bless her as she goes through the waters of baptism. We pray that the hand of God will be upon you, Amy, that you will know the presence of God in your life and know that God has a plan and a future for you. God will continue to keep his love sw swilling around your life day by day. And you will know more and more the blessing of God that makes rich and adds with it no sorrow. So the Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God. Alwyn's going to pray for Joe. Alwyn, where's, where's Alwyn? Oh, there you are. Do you want me to just pass the microphone to you? <laughs> as Alwyn's coming over, Chris is going to... Amen. Joe, as you set out on this great adventure, perhaps the greatest of adventures into your Christian life, Psalm 18, verses 35 to 36. You make, your, you make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. 
Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. Amen. Joe, we've only met a couple of times, but I just pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you for this young man who has given his life to you. Lord, the best time to give our lives to you is when we're young. And Lord, I just pray that as he walks with you each day, that Lord, you will guide him, that you will direct his steps, and he will know of assurance, Lord, that you are always there with him. The word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I pray, Joe, this morning that you will experience the love of God more and more each day as he walks with you. Amen. Amen. God, bless God, you turned there. You okay? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so you turned there. Just ask me why, uh, just tell us all, why, why is it that you would like to get baptized today? All right. Um I want to fulfill that portion of the scriptures that um, says we should do water baptism. I gave my life to Christ like um, sometimes in 1995, or September precisely. But you know, um, I felt okay. It's not a um, water baptism will not take me to heaven. So why take it seriously? So I never really took it seriously. And most times when there were opportunities to do it back then. Um, it was not always convenient. Either the date fixed is not convenient or the venue is not convenient. But when I came and it was announced that we're going to have baptism, this is a good opportunity to fulfill this part of the scriptures to get baptized by Marshall. So I bent it down and um, when it was time, I showed up. So I want to fill that part of the scriptures so that at least um, looking back at my work with God, I remember I took part in baptism by immersion, not just gave my life to Christ, of course, which is the criteria. Working with God is a criteria to make heaven, but I want to feel that part of the immersion. Thank you. Bless your faithfulness in stepping forward to be baptized today. Amen. <laughs> Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed is the one. 
confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water who sends its roots out by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Amen. It's God, I'm going to pray for you. You turn there. Lord, we thank you for this act of obedience, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all you've done in Yutunde's life. Lord, I thank you for all the blessings that you've given her. Lord, I thank you that you've walked with us for, the, for, 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 the, for these many years. Lord, we thank you for this act of obedience this morning. And Lord, I just pray you bless her. That, Lord, you just do great things in her life. We pray for her family. We pray for her friends. That, Lord, should be a blessing to them. And Lord, they'll see you through her. Bless her in the name of Jesus. Amen. God. Bless God. Liz, do you want to make your way over there? Um, I hope you don't mind me saying Liz. Liz is a little nervous, so doesn't want to come up to the front. Um, Liz contacted me yesterday and asked if she could be baptized. And initially I thought, ooh, that's a short noise. <laughs> and uh, God really checked me on that. Um, he said in the book of Acts, when they baptized 2,000 people in one day, they didn't have a process in place first. They baptized everyone who wanted to be. So Liz, it is a pleasure to be able to baptize you this, this morning. And uh, Pastor Chris has a verse for you. Amen, Liz. Bless your heart. Romans 12, 10 and 11. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above ourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Amen. That's good. Karen is going to pray for Liz. Oh, Father God, we just, we thank you so much for Liz, Lord. Lord, even though she's made this decision yesterday to do this, Lord, in her heart it happened three years ago, four years ago, Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you for the blessing that she is. We ask for you to protect her, Lord, and we ask her if you would fill her with your Holy Spirit, Father, just to cleanse her, Lord, cleanse everything, Father, in her, in her mind and her body, Father, as she goes down and she comes back up to new life. Amen. Father, bless her. Amen. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Bless God. Well, 